Here we go with more great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review. We're sponsored by Hobson's. With Steve Martin. Yes, hello, I'm Steve Martin. And every month, the Earshot Creative Review plays some incredible radio creative from the worlds of promos and imaging. And we hear from the talented individuals behind it. And this month, that means James Stard of the BBC. That's you. Hello. And it means you, Matt Lomax, from Bowers Kiss. Hello. And you've both done this before. Yes, we're professionals. So what happens next? <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> I think we credit the venue. Oh, yes. It's a lovely place, the Coal Hole. We're in a nice little dungeon-type uh, basement place. It's quite nice. It'd be, make a nice studio. Yeah, it would. Complete with dripping water and uh, fine beer. Yeah. And uh, Doom Bar, in fact. Thank you, Doom Bar. Yeah, and thank you, Hobson's, for paying for it. Always pleased to have Hobson's on board as our sponsor. More from them later. And we hear from officially the UK's best radio sound designer. Some people come to me with um, pieces which are very, you know, they, they, they almost mix themselves. Um, and, and in a way, I, I, I take credit as sound designer um, rather too easily. And I'll also be here. It's one of the world's most isolated and unforgiving environments. And it's where we'll draw the winners of the Hobson's Mystery Voice Competition. Join me later, live by technology. But first, back to my other voice in London. So, Matt, what's been going on at KISS? Um, well, it's been very busy. Um, obviously, we won our Sony Award, which everyone's really, really happy about. Um, we're classing it as bringing it home. But you like... always go for that one. It's the gold in the best station imaging. It sounds like every year you're reaching for that. Yeah, it's the award we like to win, obviously. Um, I mean, it's been nice to win Station of the Year, which won the year before, and that kind of thing. But, um, well, personally, it's nice to get the imaging one. Um, and, you know, Kiss is built on its imaging, and it's, it's great to, to bring it back. And, James, last time you joined us on the podcast, you were new in the job you're doing at the BBC in the Radio Cross Trails department. How's it going for you? It's, it's going very well, actually. Sort of now feel fairly fairly settled in. Um, we've had a few few changes in terms of you know we're now part of uh, a bigger creative marketing team. So actually, we're far more integrated. The communications far far improved now as well. You know, and I think we've got some interesting things on the way. Excellent. Well, we've got some great audio from you to play, and Matt, you've brought a lot of audio as well. So let's get cracking on with it. What's yep. the first item? Um, well, I thought we'd just start off with the um, the chosen one promo. Um, basically, I'd just like to talk about listeners today, and um, basically, this was a chance to get one of our listeners um, a show on Kiss, a regular show, and um, this is that this is the promo that ran sort of in January to uh, attract our listeners down to an audition and that kind of thing. Just uh, explain the chosen one for people perhaps outside the UK who might not be familiar with the mechanic. Okay, so um, it was um, a promotion sponsored by BlackBerry. Um, we don't want to be a radio station that just broadcasts music and sits in an ivory tower. We sort of like to imagine that we turn the mic around and we get our listeners involved and actually you know I want the listeners to feel like they're at a level with Kiss and we're not this big radio station that just plays what we think's right and that's it um, so you know there's nothing better than getting out in the market and finding um, someone who sounds like they should be on Kiss who is who is Kiss who lives and breathes the music the lifestyle um, so we went out into all sorts of different areas to, to find that person to, to do the job and, and now they've got a show um, so this is uh, this is some of this is a promo basically to promote uh, a location to come down and uh, 
get someone involved and, and, and see see if they can do uh, what we think is right to be a KISS presenter, essentially. You're passionate. You're original. But are you the KISS chosen one? It's Ricky Melvin and Charlie. I'm Jess Wellows. This is DJ Swerve. This space is reserved for you. The next KISS presenter. Do you want millions to hear your voice, see your face, follow you online? Hello? For the first time ever, we're holding auditions to find a new KISS presenter. If you think you've got what it takes, send us a video audition now or come to one of our live auditions. Check out TotalKISS.com for all the details. The KISS Chosen One, sponsored by BlackBerry. I love the way that because Kiss is such a wall of sound, you only need a quarter of a second silence to indicate a space for a DJ. <laughs> Absolutely, like you could put a whole link in that space. Actually, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, we're like at Kiss, we do like to sort of uh, blast it out there, and um, you know, there's a lot of words in that promo. And actually, when I initially saw that that, that script, because I didn't write the script, um, I was a bit like, "Well, we've got to get that into thirty seconds," because um, you know, we can get a thirty-second promos probably you know 50 60 words you'd really want so you could put some samples in it so we got a lot of information in there um but basically what what why i wanted to play that and what i want to play the next bits is um kiss is just centered around our listeners and uh, and a lot of the production we do is based around them and this sort of whole turning the mic around this is about you guys um playing your music and um and the, the listener ids we're going to play in a minute just another example of how we can be topical still put our listeners out there and the next one that we're going to play is um, a royal wedding um, it's very simple it's six seconds long we did this little theme of prince and princesses of kiss so it could be like hello my name's John and my prince of kiss is Usher so it's another way of getting our core artists out there but tying it in loosely with the royal wedding and being as cheeky as we can be with kiss and that sort of thing so again putting our listeners at the centre of that um, was quite a, ni- a nice way a nice angle for us to do it where obviously the BBC would be very traditional do some facts and figures and that kind of thing I mean really want to be a bit more cheeky I'm sure but you know this is the, this is the way we can do the royal wedding uh, it's just getting in the spirit of it in a kiss way I suppose <laughs> So that kiss. It's a big claim, isn't it? You know, if you're going to aim high, you yeah. aim high. You know, yeah. you're not with the best of it. It's my kingdom. Yeah. I mean, the, the the reason with that is obviously we use my station as the thing we use all the time with all their artists, all our listeners. Kiss is my station. Kiss is my station. Very tongue in cheek. Kiss is my kingdom with the royal connection and the prince of of kisses usher. So we hopefully tick the topical box in the in the way we can. You know. So. And how did you find the listeners? Oh, well, we do so many events, our our listeners are everywhere, so um, our street team are absolutely fantastic, and uh, they're amazing, and they're very good at technically going out there, and I'll I'll arm them with all sorts of bits and pieces, I need this, I need this, I need this, and they're fantastic getting getting out there and getting the Vox Pops, luckily we do so many events every week that it's quite easy to get that stuff and quite accessible. Um, I appreciate it's not always that easy for other people to get that sort of stuff, but thank goodness we can. And you know, we, again, it's kiss being amongst our audience all the time, which is really helpful because we can then get that content. Um, right. So leading on from the royal wedding, and, and we just we can just play this quickly um, using that sort of royal wedding was the theme for the last listener. This one, next one is summer. She sounds slightly miserable on this. I don't know if she's having a bad night. Um, I, I picked this out one very quickly, but you get the idea. Basically. Um, we can now be topical in terms of summer using the listener um, in a similar sort of way. This is Roisin. My favourite tune is Alexis Jordan. Good girl. Kiss is summer. Again, I mean, sorry, she sounded slightly miserable, but the other ones sound much more exciting. I obviously sent the wrong one. Um, but again, this is, you know, 
Um, we've been topical about summer, but again, the listener talks about a big song that we're playing, saying Kisses Summer, which is uh, the next three months we're going to be all about Kisses Summer, so we are top of hours out of breaks, Kisses Summer. Uh, so we hope we can stamp on the summer and, and own that, because Kisses is so lively and energetic. We, we expect to be that sort of top-down station, driving around. No, 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 all our listeners have got convertibles, but, you know, that kind of, like, you know, everyone's driving around out there in the parks and that sort of thing. Hopefully we can be sort of like an aid to to the summer, you know. That, that's ho- this is a, hopefully a, the quarter where we do really well, you know. This is where Kiss should shine. Uh, maybe she sounds a bit miserable because you asked to record it in February. <laughs> See, I really am not, I'm not that organised. It's probably at least May. It was sunny in May, wasn't it? So I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so Capital is about owning the artists and Kiss is about owning the listeners' relationship with them, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we didn't want to own the artists. I mean, there's definitely a battle between us and Capital and trying to own... Um, the artists and but yeah I think it's it's just a, a way we can sound slightly younger than them and which is important that we own a slightly younger I know they're going for big numbers and so are we but we really want to keep that 1524 and 1534 which we still ha- we still manage to cling on to and still keep our stamp on so having those listeners gives us a bit of a younger sound as well which is quite important I want to say one thing actually you mentioned capital as a, as a network I was um I was in Cardiff last weekend, and on the on the Saturday, Cardiff, gorgeous sunshine, uh, Sunday, torrential rain. Uh, I'm not sure what the weather was in, in London on Saturday, but uh, it, was li- it was the simple thing of hearing a, a quick sweeper, you know, saying, capital in the sunshine in South Wales, or something like that. The fact that, in, in network programming, the, the communication between, you know, someone in London and in Cardiff to know what the weather was at that particular moment, you know, just made it sound the way they're making it sound local is working really well. I think they're doing that really well as a network. Now. Great. Well, on that <laughs> generic praise for a station that none of us works for. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I keep on interrupting. You can always edit it. Well, let's not leave it, Matt, on a big uh, promotion for Capital. No, let's come no. back to Kiss quickly. Sure, sure. So, using the theme of the listener, turn the uh, mic around. Listeners, the heart, you know, at the heart of everything we we do. Uh, we, we're now just running a, a promo. We just started running today, actually. We're doing a, the Wireless Festival. We're sponsored the Wireless Festival, which happens in Hyde Park in July. Um, so imagine all the big artists, you've got Black Eyed Peas and Tiny Temper and all these cool kids coming along doing the thing. Um, and we want to put sort of, um, one of our listeners to send in a mix so they can mix and do a, a DJ set, um, which will get played on Kiss, and also they'll get to play down at the Wireless Festival. You know, it's a pretty cool thing. If you're a DJ and you've been in your bedroom all, your t- all this time, or even you're just DJing in a, in a little bar, you're having a good time, but oh my god, all of a sudden you can DJ at Wireless Festival. Again, that's putting one of our listeners right in the heart of everything that we're doing and what we're all about. And, you know, and that's something that Capital wouldn't do. Capital are... are so we've gone back to them again. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're doing the big artists and everything, which is, which is fine, and that's what they should do. But, you know, this is a, a, a great thing that we can do, is put uh, one of our listeners in the middle of the Wireless Festival and play back to all our listeners. Um, and they also get a chance to broadcast on KISS. So, again, it's, it's putting the listener at the heart of what KISS is all about. If you're a DJ and want to show off your skills at KISS Presents Wireless with Barkley Cars, then you need to be on the Midnight Mix. Upload your mix to us now at TotalKISS.com. In the mix. You'll get your mix played across the UK on KISS, along with seven days of online where people can listen on their PC or mobile to the KISS queue. Put that recommend here. You'll also get the chance to play a DJ set at KISS Presents Wireless with Barkley Cards. The Midnight Mix. Midnight Sundays on KISS. Coming out your speaker. Show us your skills at TotalKISS.com. 
There you go, another wall of sound. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds good on your speakers, actually. <laughs> We're just playing it in the uh, in the pub here on some small um, speakers from Maplin. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is a great shop. It is a great shop for small speakers. <laughs> when you're doing your work in, in your studio, presumably you're mixing on huge, mm. huge monitors. Yeah. How do you judge how that's actually going to sound on the radio and on the speakers and the sets that your listeners are using? Um, well, typically I do use two or three different reference points. Um because my Genelex that I've got which are excellent speakers they are yeah, they are good aren't they yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if we get some free ones no. um, you're mentioning as many brands as possible <laughs> and actually we're just upping the stakes here Genelec yes yeah, we'll go we, with them they're great the new BMW M1 looked really yeah, nice on 50 yeah. the other night as well let's stop mentioning Maplin <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. sorry Maplin you're outclassed <laughs> um, so yes so I do have I do have reference points and well, I do have a tinny speaker in fact I used to use an old phone I used to plug into my old analogue desk which used to be a great way of referencing everything that, that, that came through which I don't do anymore but I do I do references it on various studios and I do have a tinny speaker to have a little listen on as well in, in the real old days in the back of time it was uh, the, the old sort of uh, monitor speaker on the studio reel to reel machine which is like a, mono, a mono, mono speaker and I think now even just headphones quite often it just comes with a bit of time and a, a bit of skill. I mean, I don't always get it right, and you do hear it go out on the radio, and you know what? I'll just go, I'll just take that music down. It's just still a little bit too loud or whatever. So you will remix something having heard it on air? Yeah, I will. I mean, Kiss and commercial radio in general, you know, we turn things around so quickly. Um, obviously, you do it to the best quality you can, um, but sometimes it goes out there and you're like, actually, I can make that slightly better. You know, a level change isn't going to kill your whole day, so you can do it in 10 minutes. You know, it's, it's worth doing. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobsons. Say hello, Hobsons, at hellohobsons.com. It's the Earshot Creative Review. Hello, I'm Steve Martin, and I'm here with Matt Lomax from KISS, James Stodd from the BBC, and now your emails, comments, texts, and tweets in the Earshout, a new feature. Well, that's exciting, isn't it? Right, so starting off, you've been sending loads of reactions to the podcast with Ken Lindsay and Gavin Pearson in Glasgow. Yes, Jacob Ricard says he enjoyed the recording and thought the promo I made as a child was okay too. Uh, hi to John Collins of Central FM and to Scotland's audio ninja, Stuart Priest, on uh, Twitter, I know. He got in touch to say he's really struggled with our Mystery Hobson's Artist Competition. Okay, so Ian Pennell says listening to Ken and Gavin made him feel empowered to continue making images and promos and try out some new techniques. Stephen Jew is in Bournemouth. He says hi to fellow Earshot listeners everywhere. And uh, Tim Johns made a promo, put it on Twitter. Uh, he made it for BBC Radio Lincolnshire and asked this question, how many sound effects did it contain? Well, the answer uh, was 28. But actually, if you tried to count them all, you missed what the promo was for entirely. <laughs> uh, James West published a list of his favourite podcasts, putting the Earshot Creative Review alongside Desert Island This and Answer Me This. He's mad but generous. Hi to Mary Jane Copes in Kirkwall, that's in Orkney. I highly recommend you follow their library on Twitter. 3,000 others do already, and Orkney's population is only 20,000 in total. If you have a book overdue or there, they'll be able to track you down pretty quickly. Uh, Jeff Barton in Suffolk says, as someone not in the industry but who loves radio imaging, I'm enjoying the podcast, great work, and thanks for sharing so much great material. And those are your messages in the Earshout. If you'd like to add some next time, you'll find us as Earshot Creative on Twitter, new Twitter account, Earshot Creative or you can email earshot at smartin.me. That's earshot at smartin.me. The Earshot Creative.
This is the Kalahari Desert, 930,000 square kilometers of 5,200 miles from London, 7,200 miles from New York, 7,500 miles from Sydney. You get the idea. It really is a long way away. Unless you're here, like me. And it's in this unforgiving, unworldly place where temperatures can reach 45 degrees under the coruscating summer sun that we bring dreams alive now and cruelly shatter the hopes of others. In this location, isolated and punishing... <coughs> it really is very hot. In this location, isolated and punishing, only nature's toughest creatures stand as witness as we draw the winners of the Hobson's Mystery Voice Competition. Uh, so prepare now for an incredible occasion, a radio production event so remarkably amazing, so outstanding in its awesomeness, that its epic significance can only be truly expressed by one sound. A drone. Thanks to radiobeds.co.uk for this drone, because this is a drone that they own. And so is this one. So before we draw the winners here, uh, let's uh, reveal who were the Hobson's mystery voices. Well, the Hobson's mystery male voice artist was... Bob Golding. I am a Hobson's mystery voice. There he is, Bob Golding. Well done if you got that right. And the Hobson's mystery female voice artist is... Bethan James. I'm a Hobson's mystery voice. She sounds very perky there. So uh, who got that right? Well, not most of you. Among those with uh, cloth ears are James Espley, John Tyndall, Chris Howell, Dan Parks, Emma Sutton, Jeff McQueen, the list goes on. But plenty of you were correct, as I'd expect from dedicated earshot listeners. So before we draw the first prize, let's uh, draw the runners-up, who each win a radio-related T-shirt from MyRadioFashion.com. Stand by, everybody. Release those Namibian balls. First up is Ben Townsend. Congratulations, Ben. You win a T-shirt of your choice from MyRadioFashion.com. The second runner-up is Brad Piper. Another T-shirt for you, Brad. And the third runner-up is... Jen Maine. Many congratulations to you, Jen, uh, Brad and Ben. We'll be in touch with you to sort out your, uh, your garments. Uh, but the winner, the top winner, the first prize winner of the hour-long voiceover session with a Hobson's artist, rights to use the audio for any production purpose you like in perpetuity, and, of course, the gentle hands of Hobson's very own engineer, Jonathan, on the faders, is... Harvey McCabe. Harvey McCabe. And now, in an earshot first, we are going to attempt to call Harvey and get him on the line from the desert. Let's see if this works. Doesn't sound like a very good connection. To me. Hello. Hello. Oh, is that me echoing back? Oh, is that me echoing back? 
Oh, I hate it when this happens. Oh, yeah, okay, it's like being with a four-year-old. That happens a lot when you're phoning from Africa. Oh, here we go, that sounds better. Hello? Hello? Oh, hi. Uh, hello? Hi, yeah, I can hear you. Is that Harvey McCabe? Yeah, that's right. Oh, hello, Harvey. My name is Steve Martin from the Earshot Creative Review. Oh, hi. Hi, listen, um, Harvey, I'm... Just regarding... Go ahead. Sorry, the line's not very good. There's a reason for that. I'm calling you from the Namibian desert. Uh, obviously, it's the part of the desert that has adequate GSM coverage, but it's the desert all the same. Uh, listen, um, I, I have some yeah. news for you. We have just drawn the Earshot Creative Review Hobson's Mystery Voice Competition winners, and you have won the first prize. I'm the winner? Wow, that's excellent. That's great. Do you know what you've I'm won, Harvey? Um, it's a voiceover session, isn't it? It's a voiceover session with a Hobson's artist of your choice. Now, do you know which artist you're going to choose? I don't know. No, um, I suppose I better talk to the people on my student radio station, really. So which student radio station are you at, Harvey? Um, King's College London Radio. King's College London Radio. Many oh. congratulations and uh, look forward to meeting you in the Hobson's studio. Thank you so much. An incredible intercontinental link-up there, thanks to the power of a telephone. Thanks to everyone who entered the competition. It's been a huge amount of fun. We've strung it out as long as we possibly can. And that, honestly, is enough excitement in this heat. Uh, my skin is turning to, uh, to tissue paper. Uh, I'm getting short on body fluids here. So the last thing I need now is the sound of people drinking in a cosy pub. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the gin and tonics arrived. <laughs> hello. 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 Say hello to hundreds of voice artists who love being part of great radio production at hellohobsons.com. Still to come, we're going to be hearing from the man the Radio Academy voted Sound Designer of the Year. His name is Peregrine Andrews. And uh, if he wasn't voted Sound Designer of the Year, certainly he'd get Name of the Day in my book. Peregrine Andrews will be with us shortly after we've heard James Stodd's audio. What have you got, James? I've got a couple of uh, pieces from fairly different campaigns. Um, one of the um, one of the things I'm sort of coming across uh, working in this job, you know, is is you, you get to work on such a sort of diverse range of projects, and um, sometimes on the surface they look fairly simple in terms of you know the creative you actually hear coming out of the radio but uh, beneath the surface um, there's so much more going on in terms of the number of sort of different things you don't necessarily consider um, when you actually hear them as a listener um, this first piece of, um, of audio is uh, part of a media literacy campaign that's um, in its sort of third third outing um, on on the BBC network radio stations and local radio nations as well. Um, uh, we, we ran it last year, and uh, the first part of the campaign was to persuade people um, in their sixties uh, uh, and, and, and above who who aren't online um, about you know some of the benefits of maybe maybe trying to go online and um, the fact that there's, there's courses available um, around the country where they can maybe go and try it and you know see what it's all about and then this was a continuation aimed at people who had done that and were now online and uh, also slightly a sort of younger part of the audience you know maybe in the sort of 30s upwards um 
who have got friends, neighbours, relatives who aren't online and they'd like to help get online and uh, the simple aim of this was to direct people to a part of the BBC website First Click Friends where there are sort of videos uh, showing uh, simple simple videos and sort of games that people who are going online can, can try but also to get them to uh, see a download a, a guide which basically help would help someone teaching someone to go online so in, in, in terms of what we wanted to do was to get that message across quite a simple message uh, we sort of brainstormed um, scripting it and having sort of a written scenario as a character who you know uh, was a someone who wanted to book a holiday and had to go into town and then go to the library and use a computer or go to the travel agent and whatever and how simple it could be and actually we very quickly came to the conclusion the previous part of the campaign used real people given their experiences so actually we needed to use real people so uh, this particular example is is someone who um, has done just that and has uh, basically been teaching her friends you know how to go online helping someone you know to take their first click online is easier than you think my sister called me one day and she said i find it very difficult to use a computer can you come down and help me because she was really keen to try to find a school for her daughter she felt a lot more relaxed knowing that it was a family member that was supporting her once we typed in the school league tables and she saw gcse results and i said well that's what you do you click it and she said oh was it that simple <laughs> you'll find everything you'll need to help someone take their first click at bbc.co.uk slash first click friends including handy guides to download and helpful films too just go to bbc.co.uk slash first click friends as you say james it sounds very very straightforward but from what you're saying you're suggesting that it was quite a difficult birth so I mean, in in this case, it was it was slightly easier than the previous part of the campaign because we were having to get say a message across that was you know to certain radio networks um, not what they thought their listeners would want to hear. There's a danger it could be patronising. You know, if, if if the older end of the audience were being told, you know, there's some help. The BBC can help you, or you can go to the BBC website and find information about where you can find courses. Um, so so a lot of the difficulties were making that creative work and sit nicely on the different uh, on the different networks this time actually because it had worked so well the sort of groundwork had been had been laid so it was really a case of we're rev- revisiting the campaign we're going to use real people um, we'll use the same music the voiceover was uh, Julia Bradbury who is uh, a BBC presenter she'd, she'd sort of hosted some of the films on the BBC website um, she uses she, she's sort of got her, her mum online so she can sort of talk to her on, on Facebook and on Skype when she's off filming around the world or uh, on various sort of assignments so actually there were very few very few issues and you know we, we go to the radio networks as we do to make sure that campaign which sometimes fit across different networks um, uh, have, have to sort of fit tonally in terms of who the networks are talking to uh, and really the only only feedback was you know Five Live wanted to, wanted to well they all wanted to make sure there was a, a wide range of you know ethnicity and locality so it didn't sound very much like a, a London based campaign and so and that's, that's always what we're trying to do you know with the voiceovers we use and certainly with a, a campaign like this where it's an opportunity to use real listeners again actually it's making sure that the listeners we use are from you know everywhere and not just just in the London bubble and you're based in London so how do you do that 
Well, we use uh, this campaign was produced for me uh, by a freelance producer, and we use quite a lot of freelance producers as well. Um, so it's using a lot of different sources, and also we we work quite closely with the uh, the English Regions team for BBC Local Radio because what we gave uh, the local radio stations um, was a sort of kit of parts to allow them to use the music and use sort of mixes to they could localize it as well. So, so certainly for the the first part of the campaign, um, you know, Scotland had had their own local voices voicing the voiceover at the end to make it a little more uh, local and had some local voices and some of the BBC local stations replaced some bits and used the music as well just to try and tie it together so it's, it's, it's always a case of certainly with campaigns like this trying to find ways of extending it and also making it a little more relevant for the sort of for the regions as well you know it, it, it works pretty well we've, we've done the same for a recent uh, campaign for, for Radio Player where we needed uh, all the BBC local radio stations to insert their local presenters alongside Steve Right, Richard Bacon inside a in, inside a trail, and actually some of these a lot of the examples have heard back. You know, do that really, really well, and you can actually sort of see how these campaigns live and breathe in different areas. And you've brought some audio which demonstrates how uh, talent on air interacts with creative you've produced. Yeah, this is this uh, this next bit is. Um, an example of uh, a trail uh, I made for uh, The Apprentice, the, the current season of The Apprentice, and um, you know, with, with with BBC Network Radio, certainly, you know, the, you know, the difference is, you know, unlike commercial radio, where you know, promos, trailers, imaging are on air, you know, the talent don't don't interact no, with it or they shouldn't not. do yeah, yeah, definitely uh, not. <laughs> um, whereas you know the B- B- BBC talent are part of the station sound in terms of promos trails they, they, they sit uh, alone you know they maybe be on Radio 1 in between two songs Radio 2 Five Live they'll, they'll, they'll come off the back of Travel News or Radio 2 presenters talking to them and so actually you know there can be you know, it can be quite a challenge you know to, to go from Steve Wright in the afternoon to a fairly heavy-hitting, punchy drama trail, you know, you know the, the, the station sound team at Radio 2, Chris Ray, obviously, you know, we have to talk to them to see how it fits with the station sound. So, you know, there is a possibility that presenters can interact with it. And actually, that's not a problem, because sometimes it, it sort of... It, Sort of, impact, it sort of increases the impact of the message. So this is an example of uh, from the Zane Lowe show, um, uh, where he, you know, he he sort of comes off a piece of music, he gets into a trail, plays the first ten seconds, and uh, then talks about it. And in fact, it's, I think it actually just makes it live in a different way. And eight times out, well, nine, nine times out of ten, it'll just be played. You know, in the odd time, it'll be commented on. This trail was commented on by Zane Lowe. Chris Tarrant was on Radio Two. He commented about the voiceover, but in a sort of you know, what way about you know stylistically how you use voiceovers in, in, in trails as well. And then on the flip side is this geezer. <laughs> he's behind you. And he's coming up. I've got charisma. I'm one of a kind. I live to work, that's all I do. Underneath these glasses is a core of steel. Now, what's up with me getting kicked off last night? <laughs> what's up with that? I think, you know what, he might look a little bit like you, but... I haven't even seen the show. I don't even know. All I know is I was, like, checking late-night Twitter action, and everyone was just like, <laughs> dude, bummed for you. Can't believe you got kicked off so early. I've got charisma. I'm one of a kind. I live to work. That's all I do. Underneath these glasses is a core of steel. 
It's back, and this time they mean business. I'm a natural-born businessman. I am cold and hard. I am unstoppable. The Apprentice. We are back in business here. We are back in business big time. Continues tonight at nine <laughs> on BBC One and BBC One HD. God, that was a light day for Lord Alan Sugar, wasn't it? You know, and they said to him, he's got this list of 150 things he has to do in the first hour of the day, and like 97 is, can you do the tagline for the trail for the new series of The Apprentice? <laughs> yeah, what you mean to say? I don't know. Can you just make something on that we're, we're back? in business we're, we're back in business big time that is rubbish I'm just trying to provoke a Twitter war I saw what <laughs> happened with him and Moyles he was just geezing on Radio 1 he's been calling me out call me Young Legionnaire you know, so so in, in instantly, um, you know, he's, he's he's being topical with the listeners because people have been talking about The Apprentice, so he's tying into it. You know, he's sort of taking it apart, but he's taking it apart because of you know Lord Sugar, and actually, probably the listeners take out, oh, The Apprentice, yeah, the BBC do that. Oh, maybe I'll go and watch that. You know, it's, it's, an, it's an amazing bit of cross promotion because that he would never have brought that up in his show. That promo's there. He makes it really relevant to a younger audience, and even if they watch it or not, it's quite good. I, I like the way he does that, and like obviously, we can we can't do that on commercial radio. One because we don't have loads of TV stations to cross-promote, but two, because, interestingly, because we're on a network, we have, like, five different promos might go into the break on all the different stations, so you could never comment on it. Not that we would ever do that anyway, but, I mean, that's fun. I, I think that's really good. Actually, he brought that promo totally to life. Yeah. This was a, a, um, a big move forward, because usually, you know, I mean, The Apprentice is... The whole production is sort of veiled in secrecy. You know what you can see, what you can't see. You know, I, I had to go to a, an edit suite in at Redby Media, who who make a lot of the day to day sort of navigational trails for for the BBC. We had to sort of sit in a locked edit suite and watch the first two programmes just to get the clips for the launch. And actually, the fact that we you know we had that was you know quite moved forward because actually previously you know it's it's been very 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 controlled. So even the TV launch, you, we could hear some sound from the for the contestants, we couldn't see them. Um, and so, you know, the, the fact that we had that was was great. And actually, you know, that piece of music, it, it is The Apprentice now. And so that's why we could run it on Radio 1. And it was a case of, well, what can you do? It's a bit differently. And it's it, it sort of just worked for itself. It's just a nice... You hear those three notes, four notes, and it means The Apprentice. So you, and you just drop in a, something stupid. You just know they're all going to be annoying. You're all going to hate them. But you know, they, they, they are who they are, and it's, it's straight into The Apprentice. It's a bit of Lord Sugar, and it sort of writes itself. It's just finding the right stuff to do it. Is that all your own work, or is there another producer we should be crediting here? Yeah, now, interestingly, you know, talking about freelancers, so um, it, it's a quite collaborative, this one. I, you know, I, I wrote it and put this one together. This was more of a sort of a, an assembly job. Um, a guy called Gavin Matthews uh, up in Manchester. Um, I think he used to work for um, Real Radio up there. Uh, he, he put together the first two, a couple of those. And then the Radio 1 version he did as well. And then the third episode of that actually was a, a guy called Paul Armstrong. He used to be head of production at X of M, who's now doing stuff. So we, we, we work with a lot of um, sort of freelance producers as well as uh, people on staff, you know. And uh, just, just to, you know, as part, part of our role is to make sure we're using lots of new new people and encouraging um, you know the freelance community as well so you know we, we use freelancers and work them through to sort of build them up in terms of what they're working working on at the moment Dan Snaith who uh, works with us as well you know he, he has been a freelance producer and now he's, he's working with us on staff so and for someone who's listening to this podcast as a freelance producer do you fancy a chance working for the BBC uh, if you do uh, James who, who should they get in touch with 
Uh, our executive producer Dominic Ross is uh, the person to um, contact really in the first instance, or uh, or drop me a drop me a line, and I'll I'll pass the stuff on as well. So that's james.stodd at bbc.co.uk. Yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> and what tips could you give for the showreel that you'd like to hear? What do you want to hear in a showreel? I mean, where are your gaps in your team at the moment? I think actually it's it's people from all different areas. You know, the, you know. Examples of good writing and, of course, good production. But actually, it's an understanding of radio and narrative and storytelling as much as anything else. And, you know, I think people who don't necessarily have a huge, you know, background in radio, it's people who understand storytelling is, is, is what we're about. You know, it's a, it's a simple message and telling that story, you know, in, in the simplest way and the most engaging way. And talking about storytelling, here's a lovely piece of storytelling in sound design. Yeah, this, this last piece of audio is, is not one of mine at all. It's not one of my campaigns. I'm um, just checking my, my records. Uh, this was uh, uh, this won a bronze at the uh, the Sony Awards this year, and also a silver at the New York Festival. Um, and it was uh, one part of the campaign for um, the Winter Olympics. Um, basically, for the radio campaign, it was to um, get listeners to uh, sort of reappraise what the Winter Olympics is. You know, because the, the Summer Olympics is the big the big thing. The Winter Olympics is a harder thing, and it's all about the sort of high adrenaline sports that are involved in the the Winter Olympics, um, and uh, it's all about uh, the journey of a uh, snowboarder down the mountain. Would you shackle your feet to a plank so they couldn't move? Then jump into an icy gully with vertical sides. Where your speed throws you meters into the air with only hard ice to land on. No? But you might enjoy watching someone else do it. Snowboarding at the Winter Olympics. Coverage starts next Saturday across the BBC. Wow. Good sound effects. I mean, those sound effects sounded incredible, didn't they? If in, in a way, do you know what I mean? The, the sound effects tell the whole story. Then going into that music, it's very dramatic. And the voiceover's excellent as well. Timing was fantastic yeah. as well, wasn't it? They yeah. knew, whoever wrote that knew exactly how long to build the picture before the uh, denouement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that really, that, in terms of, as like you say, telling a story, those sound effects really brought it to life. That's very impressive, actually. So that was, that was part of a, a wider campaign. Um, Steve and I were talking about, uh, about this uh, earlier in the week, actually, in terms of you know, some of these big campaigns for the BBC you know, involve a lot of different people. You know, the, um, the, the initial creative um, would have been uh, written by uh, creators at Rainey Kelly, who's one of the agencies we work with. Um, uh, we had uh, Neil Cowling, who produced the radio trail for Cross Trails, and uh, the sound design was um, uh, we worked with Picasso Music to you know, cr- create uh, create create that as well. So you know, w- w- with, with some of these bigger campaigns, there's the, you know there's the ability to you know y- use lots of different people. And again, you know, it's it's sort of getting different parts of the creative industries working working together. You know, and we, we do that um, on you know some sort of bigger level campaigns as well to, to make them have more impact and be more effective. And Matt, I know you don't work like that. It's just no. you and your small team. But yeah. d- does that sound like liberation or does that sound like hell? I mean, uh, you could say there's a lot of bureaucracy, but obviously, you know, you can't make a promo better than that for what it needed to do. And, you know, I, I suppose getting all those people together with the right voice and the right music and the right sound effects um, and spending that time has created something that's really good and, and brought something to life. And radio is all about telling stories. And the BBC can do that. 
when they when they have that kind of team around them. But when you have that resource, James, all your excuses evaporate. You've got to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. But um, you know, the, the, you know, it's, it, when when it's an event like the the Winter Olympics, in, in in some in some ways, it's it's easier because there's lots of pictures that you can paint. And actually, something like that, you could hear fitting with sort of tonal tweaks across pretty much all of the BBC. You know, and, and sometimes we have to you know have to have to do that. We had a campaign last year. Was it last year? World Cup, um, which um, effectively used music. For, it was it was the uh, music they were going to use for the the TV campaign for the radio. Uh, we we gave that music uh, and a lot of sound effects and comedy clips to uh, Jaguar Skills Radio One One Extra DJ, who sort of remixed it into a sort of elements of sound design, which we used in different ways on Radio One, on Radio Two, on Five Live, and even on Radio Four, just in different ways. You know, so actually you know, having a, a One Extra DJ. DJ creating part of you know the campaign that ran on radio four it's actually quite creatively brave and you have to take a lot of chances sometimes but actually it, it tends to pay off great radio production and the people who make it the earshot creative review sponsored by hobson yes it's the earshot creative review with james stodd and matt lomax and i'm steve martin good to be with you again and we'll stick with sound design for a moment because recently the radio academy held its production awards the radio production awards just the second year they've run talk sport picked up the big creative award for the night but for the first time this year there was a category for best individual sound designer that prize went to peregrine andrews of moving air and when i met peregrine i started by asking what's changed in radio production to make sound designers worthy of a category of their own Uh, well that's an interesting question i'm not sure anything is particularly changed i mean the term sound designer is a relatively new one i think it was coined in film originally um because it was recognizing the fact that the the people technically responsible for sound um production were more than engineers in many cases so designer kind of appreciated some of their artistic input um in radio, I mean, traditionally, what have we been called? We've been called studio managers, we've been called sound engineers. The term sound design in radio is very new. I've heard it, I've noticed it in about the last two years. I think it's, I think it's good in a way because it does recognise that often as the studio manager, if you like, or engineer, you are doing a lot more than the administration of, you know, getting the thing legal and um, deliverable to the, to the network. You're doing a great deal more in many cases. So... I, I think it's good to recognise that. And what have you done this year that you think has allowed you to win the top prize tonight? I, I don't know. I mean, ask the judges. But I, but it, I think if anything has has made me win, it might be the diversity of what I've done because I do I, I do work across a, a really big range of work. I mean, everything from Radio Two documentary uh, on Mariah Carey to I did a Between the Ears about snow and ice melting um Hmm. i've done other programs for radio three i've done you know radio four features it really is is, it really is that varied and there are very different hats that you wear um when you know depending on what you're mixing and what skills are you drawing down on to achieve that you know what's the percentage of musicality to editorial to journalism to technical production it really varies depending on the producer i mean some people come to me with um pieces which are very you know they 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 almost mix themselves um and and in a way i i I take credit as sound designer um rather too easily but but other on other occasions it's it's i'm literally putting the thing together you know not necessarily from scratch but from almost from a bag of um 
unedited interviews. So it, it really does depend. And I wonder, in an industry where, mm. where money is increasingly tight, yeah. um, what do you do that justifies the extra expense on hiring someone with a label sound designer? <laughs> well, I'm very fast, <laughs> I would say. And I think, I think one thing that I do is I have, a very, I have a very defined sense of how long I think things should take. And if they, you know, I, I, when a job comes into me, I think this should take half a day. It shouldn't take longer. And if I can see that it is taking longer, then I kind of ask my ask the question why, um, and and I try and you know accelerate the process a little bit. Um, you know, some people are unrealistic about how long something's going to take, and they, they 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 try to bring inappropriate decisions to the mix. And that's something I'm always gently trying to educate people about. So, do you charge by the hour? I do charge by the hour, uh, and and you know that's difficult sometimes. I mean, generally people understand that, and they would be realistic about you know, what they expected my time to be, and 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 you know they say, well, it's going to cost this. So I'm only going to expect you to spend a day on it. Occasionally, it does sort of go astray, but not often. I suppose part of my job is, is a kind of edu- educating one. And what's the piece of work in the last year that you personally are most proud of? Well, I produced a programme for Ready For Myself uh, um, about a month ago called The Sound of Sport, which was great because it was, it was a, a programme about sound it was, uh, and, it, and it fulfilled certain geeky interests of mine, but got it on Radio 4. This was about um, basically the sounds in sport that are not commentary. It was about the, 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 the crack of the bat. It was about how you get the sounds off the court at Wimbledon. It was about how you make the boat race sound really exciting with microphones on the coxes. It was about how you create that layered almost filmic sound of sport mainly on television to be fair not radio and that was a program that I made um, and it was, it was very interesting because I, I actually kind of compared the world of live sound sport production with film production um, and video games and there are kind of uh, intersections in the, way, in the techniques that are used At every Olympic Games uh, I try to ratchet up the excitement and entertainment value Uh, And certainly winter sports are fun because you're trying to convey a sense of speed and motion. I've always enjoyed the sound of bobsled. In Vancouver, there were 44 cameras. At each camera position, there was a distinctly different oral perspective. And I was trying to put the viewer, the listener, in the place of the athlete. And I made every camera position a sound zone. Some people may say that 284 microphones is a bit excessive, but you have to remember that every camera perspective, every visual perspective for the viewing audience has a different sound texture and a different sound uh, color. Well, that's uh, part of the BBC Radio 4 programme, The Sound of Sport, produced by Radio Academy Sound Designer of the Year, Peregrine Andrews. 284 microphones, Matt. He's got 282 more than I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the uh, sounds towards the end of that were, um, again, they just tell a story and they do bring it to life and the, the whooping and the bobsleigh noises and all that kind of thing. I mean, that is what radio is all about and telling the story is so important through sound. Um, and it's about theatre of the mind and pictures in the mind, isn't it? Yeah. And great sound design can really make that happen, can really bring pictures alive in people's minds. Yeah, I mean, that, that was just fantastic what he did there towards the end. And, and um, you know, at, at KISS, 
we get some music and I might have some sound effects here and there but you know to have 284 microphones to do such a quality thing as someone as someone who works in radio to be able to go and do that just for a personal achievement is a, is a great thing to do anyway but um, to bring something back which can tell a story like that is fantastic really there's always a, a temptation particularly being a, a radio producer stuck in a studio of just trying to find sound effects and do it do it you know that way go to the sound effect file and use the thing that you can easily get mm. and actually how easily these days you know you could go and capture a real sound or a real atmosphere or go and record in a in a real place as well and i'm thinking back to my very first job in the bbc which was doing sound effects on the archers and other radio drama and uh, of course in the radio drama studio you have to recreate scenes from history and of course the classic one is the beheading scene the guillotine scene which can be done with um, uh, a piece of metal sliding across another piece of metal then a cabbage falling into a basket works every time <laughs> and I remember doing a whole lambing season on the archers with one litre of yoghurt oh, <laughs> say no more <laughs> <laughs> Even with, uh, I remember having to do uh, commercials for maybe a dry ski slope or, a, or skiing holidays. And actually, sometimes the sound effects of um, ice skates are far better to sound like skis because actually skis don't really sound like anything. They're pretty, they're pretty quiet unless you get on a very sort of uh, wet sl- ski slope. So actually, sometimes it's, it's finding those things that sound like the things you're wanting to do. Or if you're sort of looking future in, in sort of science fiction, things that don't necessarily exist at all you know the whole sort of Lucasfilm thing of all the sort of creatures in Star Wars you, you listen back to the Lucasfilm sound library and it's all lots of recordings of animals isn't a TIE fighter an elephant pitched up I read that somewhere that a TIE fighter in Star Wars is an elephant pitched up and panned left to right <laughs> that's true it definitely sounds like an elephant if you listen to it on the film <laughs> great radio production and the people who make it Tosses. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. So, it's 10% inspiration. James, what have you got here? Uh, this is some uh, audio from a, uh, a producer in Australia. And what, what excites me most about this is this guy's 15 years old. And um, to stop thinking back to when I was 15, what I was doing, well, I wasn't working at any, any professional radio, any capacity. And the fact now that you can, you, know, you can reach out and find people on the other side of the world, talk to them and you know, get, get feedback. And you know, this, this guy's in contact with quite a lot of sort of big radio producers around the world and um, I've sort of seen posts about him on various blogs and things and we don't even need to name check him because he's been smart enough to get his name into the production many many times indeed although I'll say his name's Nick Kelly and uh, this is his audio yo Nick what's up hey I'm Harry Legg and I want to introduce you to someone very special check one two one two let's go He's got the face of a 10-year-old, the turnaround time of a ninja who's doing some of that Charlie Sheen stuff, winning, and the production skills of a mother-freaking wizard. Nick Kelly Production. Yeah. As Australia's youngest radio imaging producer at just 15 years old, Nick Kelly has already established himself. <laughs> You can have a lot of outtakes from me. Be kind, okay? Nick Kelly has already established himself as a leading name in an upcoming generation of audio producers. Let's go! Around Australia alone, he's produced imaging that's aired on over 40 commercial radio stations, including The Hit List, 
CFM, Hot FM and Star FM in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland and more. Countless freelance production projects that have tested his creative knowledge and provided an unbelievable outcome for clients. Absolutely every project is custom built to your specifications and crafted to maximum audible velocity. Production. A 15-year-old production ninja challenging your perceptions of audio. Nick Kelly Production. Maximum audio velocity there. Do you feel old, Matt? I've always I've always feel old, but actually, you know, he's good, isn't he? Yeah. And he's very clear. It's very clear in the message. Like I always say, the message is important, but with all the energy around it and everything. Well, uh, I'll have to get his contact details. <laughs> he's good, he's very good. But to be 15, I mean, I didn't even own a computer when I was 15, you know? I mean, it hadn't been invented. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, re- I mean, respect to him, that's fantastic. I mean, good for him for, for getting that. Is that Dave Fox on the voice over the night? Or someone that's sounds uh, like Harry Legg. Harry Legg, right. But, you know, okay. the first bit of audio he sent me, actually, was a... Uh, bit of imaging he'd done after the floods, floods in Australia yeah. at the beginning of the year, and um, it was you know it was, it was a really emotional piece of imaging, you know, and you know he's he's working on a night show, he's sort of building intros for for guests, um, and um, you know it's, it, that was that was something he did with the uh, with the voice session with someone someone sort of got in t- you know he got in touch with this this guy, but I, I just thought you know when you sort of get to <laughs> the stage that I'm at at my age, <laughs> being in the radio for a long time. You know, it's, it's it's great to find new new talent and almost sort of see how well they progress. You yeah, know, and and it, yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I was always thinking, if you're 15 now, do you you know learn how to make an iPhone app instead of radio production? Do you use your creative skills in that way? You know, so to see someone who's 15 doing that is is nice to see that because you know the world the world's moved on from when I was 15, and you know, and to to, to know that people are still got that hunger to do that that job is, is is good to know that you know the industry is always ready for new talent and and it's fantastic that someone in australia is doing that and you know hopefully there's people in the uk america and all over the world doing the same sort of thing and, and want to get into it as well but it, but it's all it's all sort of about you know how you how you sell yourself and yeah. the sort of power of networking yeah. you know the guy you know he you know he found me from you know fairly simply through a through a blog search now you know that's fine but actually then you know it's getting getting yourself in front of people who actually yeah. know people and can sort of you know almost you know get get free career development you know I'll put yeah. him in touch with you you know he, yeah, he goes he's around on the, the podcast Absolutely, I mean, you know, he's, so. um, yeah I mean that's brilliant I mean you can't ask for more could you really at fifteen you wouldn't have been able to do that when I was fifteen. No. Too. So, you know, the guy's got a bright future ahead, I'm sure, if he's at that stage at 15, you know. Hey, Matt, you've got something from the BBC on your playlist. Yeah, it was um, it was quite interesting because um, Stephen asked me to bring something along and um, I heard this on Radio 1 and what struck me, and going back to what I was saying earlier in the podcast about listeners, is that Radio 1 had used this podcast with loads of listeners in it and... In some respects, it can be a commercial radio trick to use listeners and give them that energy and that kind of thing. But I kind of love it and I hate it all at the same time, and that's why I brought it because it's great that they're using their listeners and they're talking about their lineup, the daytime lineup of their DJs, and I think that's that's a great way of doing it. But I'm interested at some of the terminology that's in it, and that's the bit I don't like. I like the fact that the listeners are there and it's making them sound young and energetic, and it's tying all their line up together but there's a, there's a couple of phrases in there we'll play it first and then I'll just mention them but I, f- I don't know I just find them slightly commercial lines to use on a BBC station I just find that 
kind of interesting. So have a listen and see what you think. Do you listen to Radio 1? Yeah, obviously. Every morning I wake up, Radio 1, straight on the radio. So many like different varieties of music played. Radio 1, get them before everyone else. Dev's your man if you're up proper early. Chris Moyles. I wish I could wake up to Chris every day. <laughs> From 10, it's all about Fern Cotton. Fern Cotton. That girl is like my idol. I love her. Then chill out with Greg James. Greg James. I like him. He's funny. Yeah. Oh. I go home with Scott Mills. Scott Mills. Oh. BBC Radio 1. Chris Moyles. Fern Cotton. Greg James. Scott Mills. And Alice Fear Theo Ebony. The world's greatest DJs. The best music. And you. So what's wrong with that? Because it's the DJs, the music and you, which yeah. is the concept that Radio One's been running with for months now. Sure, sure, and that's that's totally fine and not a problem. I don't I don't th- I think that's a really good way of tying the whole daytime thing up. You're threatened, aren't you? I can tell. Well it, it just sounds quite you know, that could be on KISS. But dare I say if we have a different lineup, or it could be on Capital with a different lineup, it's not you know, if you go, there's a public service thing going on and BBC is slightly different, and they, all, they have to be slightly different all the time, that's quite commercial. And now in terms of how the Voxes sounded, so one person mentioned the right of music that they play, which sounds like a heart strap line, and then there's a, um, the best music on the end. So to me, it's just like... And I, I don't like... I never like commercial radio whinging that the BBC are quite broad, because I, I think it's all about doing what you do the best and just keep doing, doing that. But to me, that's just really straight down the line commercial lines and and commercial um, programming to a point where there's no sort of public service thing going on there at all or just something that's slightly different so you know if that could be on Kiss and Capital then it shouldn't be on Radio 1 it should just be slightly more edgy or slightly more different as far as from my point of view but I love it because they're using listeners and I think that's a great thing that they're doing because it makes them sound young and vibrant and again makes the listener the centre of what they're doing but the lines they use sometimes maybe could be debatable well, we can't let that, that we can't let that criticism go without getting a right of reply from the BBC. If only we had someone here from the yeah. BBC, James Stodd. Oh, that's a bit unfair. I okay. I I think it works really well. It's uh, it's using the listeners in a really really good way. I'd imagine those listeners sound like they were probably recorded at the big weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to take everything that you hear on Radio One as part of the the whole. So you know equally. They will have trails on air, which will be talking about, you know, the specialist DJs. The you know after after Radio One's big weekend, you know, they went very heavy on on the legacy that that event has left. How that how that whole event works is, you know, it's breaking new music, it's taking the artists there, but it's also the, the social action they do behind it. So it's, it's, it's a balance. And also, you know, the argument is that they've got to, you know, they're, they're tasked with getting that young audience in as well. And actually, they've got to, you know, it's it's the same. You have to use similar techniques sometimes you you know you, you, you talk about your, your, your big stars and you bring the people in and then you educate them about you know the, the, you, it's the ratings and reputation thing isn't it so you know they, they, they work very hard to you know promote the whole lineup and uh, in in mainstream programming as well so yeah. well it's good I mean James should be a politician because it was a very good answer um, but you know <laughs> no, but you know, it was just—it was just an interesting point, and you know, I just think there's there's better phrases out there that they could use, maybe. Well, we're all up for what I call creative inflation, improving our creativity <laughs> step by step. Yeah, really. Well, listen, I hope you've enjoyed the Earshot Creative Review uh, this time round. I certainly have. Uh, huge thanks to James Dodd from the BBC and to Matt Lomax from Kiss for joining us this time. Thank you, guys. No problem. It's been a pleasure as always, and thank you for the gin and tonic. 
Thank you very much. Of course, head over to my blog at jamesdodd.com. Thank you. Do you have a blog, Matt? I don't have a blog. I should do, shouldn't I? Why don't you blog on Earshot? I, I maybe I will. Yeah, yeah, do I a will. guest post. What are you going to write about? What's your first item? Well, that's putting me on the spot, isn't it? <laughs> maybe it's uh, about how the BBC using commercial messages in promos. Marvellous. Okay. <laughs> right. Uh, we're back next time with uh, more great radio production and more of the people who make it. Hope you can join us then. Don't forget to keep in touch with all the blog posts that are going up at earshotcreative.com. I'm Steve Martin. We're sponsored by Hobson. See you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.